بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا محمد بن عبد الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين Respected elders, dear brothers and sisters Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh we begin by thanking and praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Lord of the universe who has created us and the one who controls our lives. And in a few matters, in a few limited number of matters, He has given us the ability to make choices. There are many things that we don't have control over. Among them, the time and the place of our birth. The physical features of our bodies. And the different types of tests that He sends us or that He sends towards us during the course of life. Another thing that we don't have control over is when this test of life, this journey of life ends when we leave this world. Sadly, in times of desperation, people sometimes turn to death as an exit. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all. For many people of faith, and not just Muslims. That is not an option. Because when this journey and this test comes to an end, and when we exit from the life of this world, is not in our domain. It is in the domain of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the Prophet ﷺ has even instructed us not to even pray or hope for death. The Prophet ﷺ has said that no one of you should wish for death because of some harm that has befallen him or her. No one of you should wish for death because of some harm that has befallen. But if you must do that, meaning that if you if a person is really in such a difficult or dire situation, then the Prophet ﷺ has told us, instructed us to make dua, and this particular dua that Allahumma ahini ma kanat al hayatu khayral li, that O oh Allah, keep me alive so long as life is good for me. وَتَوَفَّنِي إِذَا كَانَتِ الْوَفَاةُ خَيْرًا لِي and cause me to die when death is good for me. Just about one year ago, we discussed this topic, the topic of euthanasia or seeking death as a form of relief. The Supreme Court of Canada had ruled that it was indeed a person's legal right to be able to end their life if they are severely ill 
and suffering unbearable pain. And the Supreme Court gave the government one year, and then they received an extension as well of a few months, to come up with a new law to govern physician-assisted death or doctor-assisted dying. Of course, we profoundly disagree with the decision of the Supreme Court, but realize that we cannot do anything to change it. The government formed a special joint parliamentary committee, joint committee because it included members of the House of Commons and it included senators, something which is quite rare, on this issue to give recommendations on what the new law should look like. Various groups were invited and there was an open opportunity for people to go and to present their suggestions. And alhamdulillah, the Canadian Council of Imams also had an opportunity to testify in front of the committee and to present a brief. The committee has just issued, has released its recommendations yesterday. And they appear to be very concerning. Because it appears that the value of life will be diminished in this country. And being killed will become a very real option for many people suffering serious illnesses and even beyond what the Supreme Court had said was necessary. My brothers and sisters, in our society today, we are very reluctant to speak and to hear about death because it is associated with negativity and seen as the end of our existence, the end of our hopes and our dreams, the end of everything that we have come to expect from life. And of course, there is sadness as well, especially when we lose a loved one. But even in that sadness, even in that sadness, believers can find comfort and solace in understanding the journeys that our loved ones are on, meaning those who have passed. And the next stage of the journey we are on, and this is going to happen just about any day now. So for the believer, it is not something to shy away from and to be afraid of. Rather, it is an opportunity to understand what happens, to reflect, and to prepare for it. As we know, each person must experience it. And the word that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala used is actually taste it. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, كُلُّ نَفْسٍ ذَائِقَةُ الْمَوْتِ ثُمَّ إِلَيْنَا تُرْجَعُونَ that everyone shall taste death, and then unto us you shall be returned. So this is completely general, applies to every single person that has ever lived on this earth, that is currently living and that will live. And in fact, it is something that we are recommended to remember often. We try to avoid we try to avoid thinking about death. It's something that we try to 
you know, to be, you try to uh, shun away. But the Prophet ﷺ has actually recommended that we remember it. And in fact, remember it by visiting the graveyards, by visiting the cemetery, something that the Prophet ﷺ would do regularly. And actually even do at night. And nowadays people get scared when they're even passing by the graveyard. Forget about going there at night. The Prophet ﷺ would go even at night sometimes. And he said, فَزُورُ الْقُبُورِ فَإِنَّهَا تُذَكِّرُ الْمَوْتِ Visit the graves for they remind you of death. Meaning they remind you of what is to come. They remind you of what is next. They remind you of the transitory nature of this temporary and brief life. So it is an effective way of putting things into perspective. The things that we spend, that we choose to spend our time and our energy and our and our wealth on that how well are these things preparing us for what lies ahead how well are our actions and our words preparing us for what is ahead you know when a person passes away when a person dies he or she hasn't just disappeared it's not the end of their existence. Rather, they have passed on to the next stage. They have passed on to the next dimension in the journey of their existence, which did not start when they were born, which did not start when they were conceived. This was a journey that began a long, long time ago, except we have no recollection and we have no memory of it. So what actually happens? How does a person move on? It's important to understand that this area, this discussion, has to do with one of the mysteries of our existence. Because it has to do with our soul. It has to do with our ruh. And the knowledge of that is only in the domain of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Qur'an, addressing the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, وَيُسْأَلُونَكَ عَنِ الرُّوحِ And they ask you about the soul. قُلِ الرُّوحُ مِنْ أَمْرِ رَبِّي Say that the soul is something from the command of my Lord. وَمَا أُوْتِيتُمْ مِنَ الْعِلْمِ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا And you are not given from that knowledge, but a little. You are not given from that knowledge, but a little. So the Prophet ﷺ has been given some knowledge. The Prophet ﷺ has been given some knowledge, relatively little, with regards to the matters pertaining to our soul. So thus, we base our understanding. We base our understanding based on that knowledge that has been given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what exactly happens? What actually happens when we breathe for the last time? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, قُلْ يَتَوَفَّاكُمْ مَلَكُ الْمَوْتِ الَّذِي وُكِّلَ بِكُمْ ثُمَّ إِلَىٰ رَبِّكُمْ تُرْجَعُونَ That the angel of death who has been assigned for you will take your soul in full and then you will be brought back 
to your Lord. Now, it has been heard from people that when that time comes, time comes near, and not necessarily you know, for everyone, but in some cases, that there have been instances where people saw something coming towards them. Saw the angel of death, or its team, coming of angels, coming towards them. And there are cases where people have mentioned that, you know, okay, it's time for me to go, or they are here for me. We don't take this as evidence, but these are anecdotal reports of what people have experienced. It is also a time of confusion. It is also a time of confusion. The Prophet وسلم, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have referred to Sakaratul Maut, the days, the agony of death. Aisha radiallahu anha related that when death was approaching the Prophet وسلم, he had a small vessel of water a small vessel of water placed before him he began to dip his hands in the water and wiping his face with them and he said, La ilaha illallah, inna lil mauti sakarat, that there is none worthy of worship except Allah. Indeed, death brings with it agonies. Indeed, death brings with it agonies. Then he raised his hand up and kept repeating, Fir Rafiq al A'la, in the most exalted company. Meaning, and in some other narrations, he's making also dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for that. Meaning that was his wish, his desire, his dua, that as this stage was going to pass, and when what was next, next was going to come to him, he will be in Rafiq al-A'la, in the most exalted company. And he kept doing that until his soul was taken and his hand fell limp. The Prophet ﷺ also made dua that Allahumma a'inni ala sakaratil maut that O oh Allah, help me to overcome the agonies of death. And this is something that no one has, of course, ever experienced before. But we learn from the experience of the Prophet ﷺ and the dua that he made that this was something that even the Prophet ﷺ was concerned about. And it's not just this moment, but other stages as well, regarding which the Prophet ﷺ made dua for protection from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It has also been said that this is a time, this is a time when shaitan also pounces. Shaitan also pounces at that time because it is a state of confusion and for shaitan this is the time his last chance 
his last opportunity to score another point. This is his last opportunity to get one more soul. Right? Because if he misses this opportunity and this person passes away believing in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then that's one opportunity lost for shaitan. The Prophet has recommended to us that if a person is about to pass away, that they be encouraged kindly and nicely to say La ilaha illallah. لَقِّنُوا مَوْتَاكُمْ لَا إِلَهَا إِلَّا اللَّهِ right? Which is to softly and nicely, gradually recite La ilaha illallah to them as this person, as the person is going through this stage. The majority of scholars also say that it is recommended to recite Surah Yasin while the person is in this stage. There's more difference regarding whether it should be recited afterwards or not, after the person has passed away. But while the person is actually in that stage, then it is recommended to recite Surah Yasin. Al-Bara ibn Azib radiallahu anhu reported that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, when a believing slave comes close to the hereafter, when the believing slave comes close to the hereafter and nearer to the end of the present life, angels descend to him. Their faces are shining as if the sun is on them. They have a shroud from the shrouds of Jannah and scent for embalmment from the scents of Jannah. They sit far from him at the distance that they can see him. Then the angel of death comes nearer to him till he sits near his head and addresses him or her, saying, Oh good soul, oh good soul, come out to divine pardon and consent. Come out to divine pardon and consent. And the Prophet ﷺ added that the soul of the believer comes out flowing as a drop of water runs out from the mouth of a water skin. Okay, meaning if you were to pour water, the way it flows out quickly and very smoothly, that is the way that the soul of the mu'min comes of the believer comes out from his or her body. When the disbelieving slave, the one who rejects Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, comes close to the end of the present life and near to the hereafter, angels descend to him or to her from the heaven whose faces are dark. They have al-musur, the Prophet said, meaning a kind of harsh clothing. And they sit far at a distance that they can see him or her. And then the angel of death comes near till he sits near his head and addresses him saying, Come out, O wicked soul. Come out to divine discontent and wrath. And the soul goes, the soul goes in a different direction from his body. Is afraid, doesn't want to go. So it tries to go the other way. And then the angels pluck it out as a skewer is extracted from wet wool. 
as a skewer is extracted from wet wool, meaning with difficulty. Now when a person passes away or has passed away, their eyes should be closed, their limbs straightened, and perhaps a cloth tied around their mouth if it's open, if it's not closing. Uthman anhu would stop by a grave and he would weep until his beard was wet. It was said, you remember paradise and hellfire, but you do not weep. Yet you weep because of this. So they thought he's just weeping at a person's grave because he misses them perhaps. But he said, I have heard the Messenger of Allah وسلم, say, Verily the grave is the first stage. What is it? It is the first stage of the hereafter. So whoever is saved from it, then whatever comes afterwards will be easier for them. But if he is not saved from it, then whatever comes afterwards will be harder for them. Prophet ﷺ has also told us that when a dead body is placed on a bier and men carry it on their shoulders, if the deceased was pious, it, meaning the corpse, will say, take me in haste, take me in haste, meaning take me quickly. But if the person was not a pious person, it will say to its bearers that woe to it, where are you taking it? Where are you taking it? Because it doesn't know what's going on. The Prophet ﷺ said, this is very interesting, that everything except human beings hear its voice. And had a human being heard his voice, he would have surely fallen unconscious. Right? So this is something that happens, but we human beings are not able to hear it. Now as soon as the person is buried, their soul travels into the different levels, and this is all based on authentic hadith. Soul travels into the different levels of the seven heavens. Okay, so it goes stage by stage until it reaches the top. And it is registered in the top level among the illiyun if the person was pious, believer, doer of good. If the person was evil or rejecter of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the soul is handled roughly. It also travels through the different stages, but no doors open for it. There is no welcome on any of the levels. And then it is thrown back down and it is registered in Sijin, the lowest level of the earth. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. When the believer's soul is taken up, it is met by the souls who ask him. This is very interesting as well. Who ask him about the living. And they say to one another, let him rest. And they say, so what happened to so and so? What happened to so and so? They want to find out. Right? They're all talking to one another. And he says, you know, he did a righteous deed. And they say, okay, so what happened then to so and so? And he says, he has not. Has he not come to you? They say no. So they're going through the people that they have known, right? And they're asking about one another. And they say they, And they say no. He was taken to the pit. He was taken to the pit. So this happens. This journey it happens very quickly. And he comes back. The soul comes back into the grave, is returned to the grave. And it is also proven that the person, the deceased, hears the footsteps 
of people leaving. The people who have buried this person. Right? The deceased does hear the footsteps of people going away. And when they have gone away, some narrations perhaps 40 steps, then the questioning begins. And this is also a stage which is very important and the Prophet ﷺ has made particular dua regarding this as well. Asking for protection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala against the fitna, the trial of the, of the grave. And the questions that are asked, three questions, right, perhaps four. Marabbuk, right, who is your Lord? Madinuk, what is your faith, your religion? And then a question about the Prophet wasallam and some narrations about where this person got the knowledge from, meaning from which source, if it was the Qur'an and the teachings of the Prophet the most important part to note is that these answers come naturally. You can't make up answers. It can't be a logical answer. It can't be based on your intellect. This is an answer that comes naturally. If the deeds and the lifestyles supported these answers or was supported by these, these answers, then the answers will come correctly. But if a person's actions and their lifestyle was not supported, or was not based on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the teachings of His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then this person will be stumbling. Or if, this, or if this person did not believe at all, they will be confused. They will not know what to say. They will be taken by surprise. Now some blessed souls, after this questioning, they pass, may be allowed to go back up, and that scholars have differed where they will actually be. Some perhaps in the courtyard of Jannah, some, some of the very elevated ones, the pious ones, may actually be in some level of Jannah. The most blessed souls would not be restricted, so they'll be allowed to meet one another, and visit one another, and talk about what they used to do in this world, and what happened to the people of this world. So each soul of these blessed souls will, remain, will be with its friends and companions who did similar good deeds. Some of the believers may also remain in their graves too. So they may not have the blessings of actually being at that higher level. They may be in their graves, but that may perhaps be made pleasant for them. The evildoers, the rejectors, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may choose to punish them in the grave. And the grave may actually become very tight, and a very tight spot, a very difficult spot. And again, there's dua from the Prophet ﷺ for protection against that as well. The, re- the reality is, the fact is that the reality, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best as to exactly how it's going to be. So this is to come for each person. Every single one of us is going to go through some form of this. So whenever we are reminded, we should, it should encourage us to increase our good actions, to constantly seek forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to prepare ourselves Ibn Umar radiallahu anhumah reported that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said, took hold of my shoulder and he said that be in this world, kun fi dunya as if you were a stranger or a traveler along the path kun fi dunya ka'annaka gharib aw abiru sabeel and then Ibn Umar radiallahu anhumah said that if you enter the evening, then do not wait for the morning if you enter the morning, then do not wait for the evening take from your health for your sickness and from your life for your death. Meaning take advantage of health and take advantage of your life to do good, to prepare for the things 
that come uh, uh, that await you and the things that you will not be able to do once you lose, lose these two blessings. We thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for providing us guidance. We thank and praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for not leaving us in the dark. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sincerely that He grants us a parting from this world with His remembrance, with His words on our tongues, on our lips. We ask for forgiveness for all of us and others who have passed away. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for protection from the difficulties in the grave. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for protection against the agony of death. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us and grant us relief from pain and from illnesses. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bring relief to all of those who may be suffering. Ameen wa alhamdulillah rabbil alameen. As I announced last week, inshallah, um, the Maghrib Institute will be having uh, their class uh, February 28th.